1: Welcome to Hot D, the officially unofficial podcast for House of the Dragon on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode five, the We Light the Way. That's the title of this episode. Uh, You said those are house words of who?
0: Uh, House Hightower. If you'll recall, their keep is essentially a massive lighthouse uh, that that guides the way to the, the harbor town of Old Town. And uh, that that high tower has a beacon, and uh, apparently uh, some some new lore we got that it uh, when in times of war, when they're calling their banners, they light that thing up green. How do they do that? Wildfire gels over the. I, I imagine oh. some type of co- a copper compound, right? That's how you turn a.
1: Oh, a- okay you know it's like that those lanes
0: yeah yeah like you know in the christmas time they sell those little packets of crystals you can throw in there i think that's like co- copper sulfate or something yeah or doc brown makes a package for that you could you could get some blue flames you can get some red maybe flames. it's wildfire there's like fuck it that's like, what i'm like, thinking this, yeah yeah why wi- we we'll get some wildfire going up there mm-hmm <laughs> i hope i hope they're they built that tower strong because
1: boy that wildfire is <laughs> hot i've seen it in action mm-hmm uh all right. I I suppose that's a fitting name for this episode, even though they don't feel super powerful at the moment. Uh, you, you know, you got, you got a, a queen that's a high tower, but all the action seems to be happening like around her. I think that's starting to change, though, this episode. This is the one where she decides I'm not going to be a passive observer here. I got to get in the game.
0: Yeah, sounds like she's going to actually put her hand on the wheel and start driving. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I'll say I, I think this episode is better on second watch. Richer? It's not as surprising, obviously. Uh, I wasn't as shocked by the ending, but it was definitely richer. You see all the pieces moving around, um, and that's that's what I come to this show for. So I was happy to see that. What would you think of it?
0: Oh, I, yeah, when, once I watched it the second second, and third time when I was relaxed and wasn't worried about, like, God, this isn't happening at all like I thought it was happening. and like, Why is this moment here, and why is that moment... Um, it's also remarkably a litmus test for the un the unreliability of eyewitness accounts because I made a couple uh-huh. statements on the instant take about like where I thought Lainor was in relation to Joffrey, Lonmouth and you know who punched who, and I got that shit way <laughs> wrong. Because it, I think it did. The out. answer is always Kristen. He's it's the always instigator. Kristen. He's that he's doing all he's doing the most this episode, and like I thought that was that that was kind of interesting that I. Uh, when I was watching this and they filmed it so chaotically and I, I yeah. did feel like an observer, just like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? That I got so many details wrong in the the first blush. And when I was actually sitting and watching replay and taking notes, I'm like, oh, God, how did I? Why did I think that Laenor saw him from across the hall when he's literally <laughs> like six feet away from him at his feet? Why did I think the Kingsguard? Like, yeah, that's so I well, thought that was chaotic. interesting.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, that scene is uh, amazingly filmed. I, I, it's I a like,
0: master class of filming.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The suspense, the, the, the mystery of what's going on. You're kind of right there with Viserys. I, I really love that final scene. It's, it's super good. Um, not to, you know, say the other scenes aren't, but man, I was impressed by that one.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was really, really excited uh, or I was really happy at the way it ends up. And again, they are doing that thing, which I think is so interesting, something I did not expect that um, they're kind of showing that this historical account in Fire and Blood, all of it has elements of truth. You know, there's not one like I thought the mushroom account would be the ridiculous one that nobody and but Mm -hmm. like, honestly, uh, everyone's got a little element of the truth in fire and blood and seeing how these things are are playing out and like minor differences and like not just differences in like historical fact, but like looking back opinion, something that Kim Renfro has been talking about the last few weeks is if you read fire and blood you come away with the idea that Viserys' reign was pretty well-regarded 200 years later. You know, like, oh, he's shepherded the apex of the Targaryen rule and blah, 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 all this stuff, whereas we're seeing more of a weak, ineffectual placeholder king that's just trying at best to keep what his dad had built going. Um, Yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. I'm really digging it. I really love the way that they recontextualized for us, uh,
1: Lady Rhea, I think is her name. Um, it's Damon's wife, because I had a certain opinion of her based on the things that Damon had said about her. I think that opinion was entirely false. And I think that's it's so biased from Damon's side. And I should have seen it, right? Because he's the only one who's talked about her um yeah he's not a, a he's really not a reliable
0: job. speaking of unreliable witnesses uh <laughs> right he's right. uh although it is super funny how in five episodes he's been banished from king's landing three times mm-hmm. no twice and he's twice. returned three times and like this one where the is looking at him and like yeah fine get him a chair uh he just keeps getting away with it yeah yeah
1: i mean what's he gonna do It's not going to kill him, right? So, yeah. What is Damon
0: going to do? That's a question that uh, is is on a lot of people's minds in the realm, I'm sure. Well, what is Viserys going to do about Damon?
1: I'm like, the the, the guy just keeps showing up. What are you going to lock him in a dungeon? You're going to banish him and keep like a guard on him? I I don't know. Take away his dragon, I guess.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and also remember that like just killing him is probably off the table because if you'll recall yeah. that is such a huge taboo kinslaying in totally. westeros that i don't even think it uh i don't even think it occurs to Viserys that like you know that would be although politically that might be the most expedient thing you can do
1: oh yeah i think if he had like a, a little finger or someone in his service that he could maybe you know I never told him to kill him. You know, I said I got a problem. It'd be great if it went away, but I never said to kill him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He seems like a real problem.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Um, Maybe we should get into the recap because we got a lot to talk about. There is action packed episode. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. this is great. Like a lot of people are considering this the best episode thus far. Yeah. I agree. I've heard from some of my friends who have fucking screener copies that the next episode is also a banger. (laughs) And I think that's the end of I think that uh, that's the end of the initial screeners that they sent out to critics. I'm sure there'll be there'll be more forthcoming. But um, a lot of people have called it the best of the bunch. So I'm really excited for next week, too. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. We start off with Damon's wife, Lady Rhea Royce, uh, outriding when Damon returns to the Vale and she insults him before realizing he's there to kill her, which he then does uh, spooks her horse and it topples over on top of her, I, I guess, breaking her spine, severing, you know, her spinal cord, or whatever. She insults him and he puts a rock to her head.
0: Damon's I, I want to before we get into anything else, I want to make a shallow observation. Damon's hood looks ridiculous. I don't Absolutely. know if it's the wind blowing into it, but it looks like he's wearing a 10 gallon cowboy hat underneath his hood. Yeah, and it gives, like a a like it gives him a very bobblehead. It gives him a very bobblehead looking appearance. Yeah. No, I hate it. <laughs> it's a bad it's a bad cloak. You don't even have to Funko pop this guy. It's just you just you just mm-hmm. print you 3D print him as is and it'll look like a Funko pop. Uh design is twenty
1: percent, you're good. Maybe, maybe. Um <laughs> here's the like, thing I noticed about this scene Damon doesn't say yeah. a word. Again, th- he does this is that a lot, a lot like the one yeah. at the Stepstones where, you know, mm-hmm. he gets off his dragon, he gets the message, he beats the messenger, and then he goes and does his crab feeder thing. This was similar. I...
0: Do you think he came here to kill her? Uh... Because I don't know what else he would be here to do.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. He's not here because Viserys sent him home, right? (laughs) There's no way he actually was just like, yeah, Viserys Viserys is right. I'm going to go home. So, yeah, I feel like that was the inevitable outcome here. But, I mean, I guess to what end? Is he seriously thinking that if he kills his wife here, he'll now be free of the burden of marriage and Viserys will marry uh, Rhaenyra to him?
0: I think insane. that's the calculus. I think that's the calculus once late, like whatever he intended when he showed up to Lady Rees' uh, quarters um, and, and met her in the wilderness of, of uh, um, the veil vale of Aaron. I think that once he did commit to killing her, that's exactly where his mental math went, led him. Yeah. Like, Ooh, that's this is crazy uh, talk though. Right? Like the the, 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 stopper here wasn't,
1: Oh, you're married. The stopper here was, I hate you. You're you're Damon Targaryen. You're insane. Uh, I'm not going to marry my daughter to you.
0: Yeah, but can does does Viser, is Viserys strong enough to gainsay say, Rhaenyra? Is he strong enough to gainsay Damon? Like if they both had their heart set on it. Um, I also think that sure. Damon is probably unaware of Rhaenyra being forced into marriage. So, like, you know, the fact that, like, uh-huh. pr- you know, the, the Valerians is a much better match, I think, than Damon um oh yeah. Yeah, I think he thinks he's got a shot. It does seem like that. And that's one of the other things about like, man, the way that thing shot went in the end, it's like the way they used a the crowd to kind of like as a veil, so you don't really get to see these crucial moments of and then then once you're you're like, oh my god, did he kiss Rhaenyra? Did he choke Rhaenyra? Did he and then someone starts screaming and now your attention's directed <laughs> to the guy getting beat to death? So Yeah. I thought like I because the thing is as um I was listening to a couple different podcasts and I was reading some stuff and people were debating about whether you know he meant to kill her when she was paralyzed whether he meant to finish her off and I'm like I didn't think there was any instance where Lady Rhea walks out of that valley like I think she's Hmm. dead and I don't like people like oh he was going to let her go and then she taunted him I'm like ah I don't I mean they definitely filmed it with a hint of that but like the idea that he would leave her paralyzed there, potentially a, to be discovered still alive for her to like finger him is, right. is kind of nuts.
1: Yeah. She can still speak. She's still coherent. Here. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Gerald walks by, rides by, whatever, and sees her. And she's like, Damon did this to me. You're going to have some
0: trouble. So I think it also has become sh- uh, more sharply in focus. Why Damon hates Lady Re here? Because she hates him. <laughs> well but, but I got the distinct opinion that they tried to consummate and he couldn't and it yeah, has nothing to do with sense. her attractiveness has nothing to do with her personality mm-hmm. it's just starting to be a thing that Damon does and that his kind of shame and distress at that caused him to just completely abandon and write off this relationship and, and talk shit behind her to anybody preemptively to head off any attacks against his 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 manhood yeah
1: that, that can definitely be the root
0: of it um I feel like there's more to it, though,
1: right? She hates him for who he is, not just not being able to But do to you think, because
0: they've been married for, I think, at this point, nine or ten years, but I'm like, when they were getting betrothed, the mayor, like, did she hate him back then, or did she come to loathe him because of his reaction and, and all that? They, we don't know, because this is like... We don't. Yeah, but she's kind of like <laughs> the crab feeder part, too, where you've heard so much about her, and then you finally get to see her, and uh-huh. then she's dead. She's dead at Damon's hands before you know it.
1: yeah. I do feel like the more you get to know Damon, the less you like him though. Um, yeah, th- that's just my opinion of the guy after five episodes. Cause I'm liking him less and less.
0: I also like the, the dawning realization that she has where she's like taunting him and saying, Oh, what are you here for? Are you going to strike down the child that stands before you in the throne or, and then she starts realizing, Oh shit. Yeah, the play um, here is to kill me and then go marry her. Yeah. it's and it's too, it's too late. Um, <laughs> We talked about this. I did a couple other background details. Um, I'm unsure of how this geography works because I'm looking at a map of the Vale, and the Runestone is um on along the coastline south of the Fingers, which are these little narrow peninsulas that you know Littlefinger got his name from having a minor holding in those, um, and the Erie and the Bloody Gates, which is the path that kind of protects the Eyrie, uh where I think she's murdered here. Mm -hmm. Um, that's exact same location, but I would think that would be a heavily patrolled and guarded route. And they're making this seem out to be really remote. So maybe they're just like, eh, we're going to shoot in the same spot, but we're not going to try to like, you know, remind people that this is the exact same location. Maybe that path is really long and has a very, a lot of similar, or maybe I'm just completely misreading the geography. Um, Hmm. Because they, we did see the Runestone when we went to see the Bronze Royce uh, in the old series, and it looks remarkably similar. It's it's, it's got a lot of, uh, you know, it looks like they use the exact same model. Um, it's very similar features, but like, I, I just I just don't know. How, it seems like way more than just a, a, a morning's ride to get from the Runestone to anywhere near where where she got murdered at, but. Uh, The other thing is uh, I really dug the way they in interpreted this bronze runic armor that they wear, you know, that it's like more of like bronze plating over like this boiled leather kind of coat. And it's it's studded with all these different runes. And there's uh, um, the Royces believe that that runic armor protects them such that they cannot be slain while they're wearing it. Hmm. And in Fire and Blood, there's kind of like a parenthetical maester laughing up a sleeve, observing that uh, despite the fact that several Royces have perished on the battlefield while wearing their bronze runic armor. And we see in this episode, (laughs) it doesn't doesn't offer protection from horse uh, base paralysis nor rocks smashed in the face. So Mm -hmm. I'm with the maesters the the protective qualities of runic armor dubious at best. Totally. All
1: right, uh, let's go over to... Oh, one scene. other thing.
0: Do you know what the, the house words for Royce are? Uh, no. We remember. Okay. And they also vary They're one of the older, like, very northern-based blood of the first men houses. You think of House Stark, uh, you know, or the North remembers the phrase. That's, that's uh-huh. not the words of House Stark, but that's the words of the... Do, do you what do you think uh if if you were Damon and you're essentially raging a private war against this house is 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 that a grudge they're going to soon forget <laughs> doesn't sound like
1: it but we'll see who knows if Gerald dies and and then you know the other people are like yeah maybe we should forget this all right uh quick scene here where the king gets sick while sailing we don't really know where he's sailing yet but you can guess um I thought maybe he was just seasick at first. This is is another kind of slow play in the episode. I'm like, maybe he gets seasick. I definitely think that's contributing to it for sure. Probably, but over the course of the episode,
0: you come to realize he's
1: just, yeah, feeling awful. He's got disease.
0: I did like, uh, you know, uh, Lord Strong's what you know, handing hand, handing his hanky, and it reminded me of the classic phrase describing the king and the hand's relationship: that the king shits and the hand wipes. Literally, <laughs> you know, the king six and the hand, yeah, the hand holds his hair back and mm-hmm. dabs the corners of his mouth with his pukey pukey hank handkerchief. Uh. Uh-huh. All right, Um, Alison up at King's
1: Landing doesn't want her father to leave, but he's gonna. Otto warns Allison that the time is coming when Rhaenyra will have to kill her children to secure the throne and that she needs to get out ahead
0: of it. And then he's out, leaving her alone. I mean, what is your take on this moral calculation he's doing? Do you think it is a foregone conclusion that the realm will reject Rhaenyra? And if they do, that she'll have to put her stepmother's family to the sword? Can I,
1: can I say mildly interesting to all this? I know too much is the problem. I know oh storylines here, right? Like, uh, how did
0: you? Did, is this the the in advising uh, in Wikipedia wiki-ing you did like a couple weeks ago? Is this the, no? This is just the, the general premise
1: of, of the rest of the show, right? This is just what the Dance of Dragons is.
0: Uh, but my my answer is like is is. Is that a foregone conclusion, or is Otto bringing about the thing that he's most that, that he's fretting about? You know that like if what well, is there is there a is, gotcha. is there a way for because like I because he offers two courses of action: uh-huh, yeah. you either get ready for war, or you like I said on the podcast, you you suck up the Rhaenyra like you've never sucked up to anybody, and you pray that she's merciful when the inevitable comes, and like, you pray that she's strong enough when the
1: inevitable comes because it's not just that you have to win her favor and, and her mercy, yes. but she's also got to win whatever battles are coming, whatever challenges are coming from the realm. Right. So right. Y- you're, you're both trying, hoping that you pick the right side with Renira, and hoping that she's merciful enough to let you live. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I think he's right on with his idea of what's coming. Um, and those are really the only two options, right? Be with her or against her.
0: I like how they 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 had Allison raise the possibility that this is also partially your fault for pushing so yes, hard to put like you know that you every time you make Aegon uh, a more attractive heir, you put a target more and more on our backs, and you make the other lords more and more inclined to do something crazy during the succession. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, if he thinks that that's going to happen anyway, then. You know, there's no statistical, yeah. there's, there's no advantage to to play in like like what Allison's doing, which is kind of half heartedly going, you know, just kind of like hoping that something will happen. She's got this grudge that she's nursing with Rhaenyra. Um, but it seems like that this lit a fire under her to like, I have to figure out what's right and what's true. And unfortunately, everything she finds out is going to horrify and dismay her.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, Laris here in a couple of scenes coming in, like prodding her with this tea this idea of tea that you know says basically hey Rhaenyra might have lied to you mm-hmm. um, that kind of really lights that fire under her but yeah I, d- I definitely think she's like reconsidering who she is going to be in all of this um, what her role will be Yeah, and it's pretty exciting I will say um, there's still lots of hot D left to talk about we'll be right back after the break try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club.
0: But well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have,
1: our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate
0: option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love.
1: Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people,
0: our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, We still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more.
1: We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with
0: pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping.
1: And now back to Hot Deep. All right, let's move over to the king arriving at Corliss's castle. is what is this called? I know, I know that the place is Driftmark, right?
0: So this is uh, in, in, earlier in the season, I was given a breakdown of all the lords I talked about this. but uh, this is on the island of Driftmark. Which is just in from Dragonstone in the Blackwater Bay. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a cat. There's a the ancestral castle of the Valerians is called Driftmark, but I guess it's a cold, damp castle that was not to Corliss's liking. So when he came back from his world travels wealthy, he commissioned a brand new castle to be built called High Tide that more befits his hall. And it's on this narrow isthmus that at high tide you can only get to it on this narrow causeway which it was very well uh, represented in, on the screen and it reminded me of that the uh, mm-hmm. island uh, the jude law visited in the third day yeah totally uh except for this is like it never gets completely it'd be badass if you had a fortification that you could only access a few hours of the day but uh-huh. like it's the opposite it's like you know it just 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 wide enough for two horses and a carriage to fit through when it's at high tide Um, And did that help with the dampness of the castle? (laughs) It seemed, I mean, I, you know what? I thought, I thought high tide looked pretty tidy and, and, and warm for, for its location and where it's at. You know, you look at where, uh, how, how shitty the out, I mean, there's rain and wind and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff inside. It looked pretty nice. Yeah. Comparatively.
1: Uh, yeah. So the, the Corliss doesn't come out to greet him, which is, would be customary. Um, instead he waits for him in
0: the throne room. Which is yeah no, Lord Strong it, is right to pitch a fit about this reception. This oh is yeah,
1: I mean they're already like, calculated. Like Rainus like points out, she, he's already coming to them, which is a huge, uh, t- you know, kind of slap in his face. Um, yes, he, he's basically begging them to marry Rhaenyra, but like this is also disrespectful on top of that, it, mm-hmm. and and he's going to have this huge ask about the names later and what the heirs are gonna be there that's it, it, he's disrespectful and he's got a huge ask
0: to boot it's like boy this guy's trying to take everything and it's it's calculated because I think he pushes Viserys right up to the point of insult and injury which is not wise to do for the king but I also do wonder if this works if he's not as ill
1: as he is because um, he mm. seems to just want this to be over right like he wants to get out here he's feeling like yeah shit. he does
0: not feel good he you know he yeah. wants a seat but he doesn't want to appear weak uh, yeah right yeah I thought the I thought it was funny that these you, you pull up and Lenor and Joffrey Lonmouth are out there sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh i don't know is that to to me that read as a little bit of a joke you know because like sword fighting is kind of like like uh uh like frat boy type of behavior with uh uh male penises uh i've i've given to understand i've never engaged (laughs) in sword fights myself in that manner but sure yeah yeah i thought that they were kind of that was that was a little suggestive
1: these guys playing out in the yard for sure um i want to say they did something similar with loris uh Back in Game of Thrones.
0: The like it Although wasn't our interest... To, our introduction to him was the 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 mountain almost killing him and then Brienne of Tarth handing him his ass. That's the opposite of sword was fighting. It? Okay. That's yeah. sword and... Catcher's midding. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh Yeah, so then we go over to uh, King's Landing again where Laris, Laris Strong... Uh, makes a pretty transparent attempt to manipulate Alicent by dropping the fact that Rhaenyra was given tea by the Grand Maester the night before, and it seems to work. It's it's Did, so obvious, but
0: you know, I was surprised at how many people leapt to the conclusion that Larys must have sent her the tea. Oh, I don't know why you would. E- yeah, because like, again, like I, I don't know what Laris's position and powers are at this point. But like, how would he possibly order the Grand Maester to make the tea? I think what they've yeah. suggested is that he is in with the ladies and he is an astute listener and observer. And there are probably people saw the Maester you know, delivering and that his ears were in a position to overhear that, to use the information. But I cannot imagine what in the world, like Larry, Larry Strong is bops up, or I guess hobbles up to the grand maester. He's like, Hey, uh, why don't you take this moon tea and uh, say the, it's
1: from the King.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Say it's from this King. It's, it's, it's only got one purpose. So everyone that sees it knows you're making it's going to assume these things. But it, no, I, I think that the, it's more of like, you're supposed to be impressed by how well informed he is. More than yeah. he's got the, the pull to do something like that. And I like that he doesn't name
1: the tea specifically. He just lets it lets her think about what tea that might be. He just says, yeah, yeah, no, he's
0: he's really <laughs> fucking good. And he's even, you know, talking about he's essentially at the beginning is like, you don't belong here. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you're going to thrive here, but I know it's possible uh but the, 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 if you want to be one of these wildflowers growing and you're going to probably need some allies and you know uh i'm at least giving you some information that's lealish
1: yeah and he knows despite being the queen and you know she protests well i'm the queen i have a ton of allies uh despite mm-hmm. that she actually doesn't right her yeah we know that's left. bullshit uh-huh. from the,
0: and, and from this previous episode she says i'm all she told rhaenyra i'm all alone i don't have yeah. anyone yeah, so he's figured that out, and he picks the perfect
1: time. Is you know her father leaves. That uh, there's this doubt about Rhaenyra in her head. Yeah, it's it's well calculated, but it's a little transparent in my opinion.
0: I will say for the the Maester's corner later in the week, uh, I've got a I got a banger Valerian steel foil theory about uh, Larys, and uh, it's it's not it's 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 something that. Uh, um, people put together the piece together. Uh, it's not what I would call a book spoiler. It's more uh, informed speculation based on how the show has changed in relation to the book. But I'm really eager to discuss uh, with the people who are uh, lore aficionados like myself. Uh, yeah. A little mini spoiler edition, I guess at the end of uh, the maester's oh, wow. corner next uh, in a couple days.
1: Okay. Sounds great. Uh, let's go over to Renira being barred from the throne room. Uh, that's, that's Corlys's throne room as Viserys meets with him to ask that Lenor and Rhaenyra be married um, and, and a couple of things happen here you know Corlys tells the king that Daemon's wife is dead which they didn't know yet mm-hmm. um, it, it seems apparent to me that neither Viserys or what what's his first name Lord Strong the hand oh god damn it uh, Lionel Lionel, yeah, the neither Viserys or Lionel believe that Rhea's death was an accident. Uh, they both give knowing looks to each other.
0: They, they do such a good job of this show, uh, showing and not telling. Like we just saw, Viserys puking his way across the. Again, I cannot express how minor a sailing voyage. Like they haven't even left the mouth of the Blackwater Bay. Uh, or, or the 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 protection of Blackwater Bay. Mm-hmm. King's Landing is at the, the mouth of the Blackwater Bay. So uh, like sailing Driftmark, from San Francisco to Alcatraz. <laughs> is that I mean, it's the, it's, the, it's like, not that pa- it's not that pathetic, but you're yeah, you're yeah, on yeah. the right track. It's much closer to that than L.A. the Honolulu. Let's put it that way. Just, sure, sure. And he's puking his way across this very minor passage, and then they tell the story of this guy alone going through all these corridors and he's just like all of this stuff that Corliss has got from sailing all the way around the world, all these, this treasure, all this armor, these big frescoes painted of, you know, this his his ship, the sea snake sailing this. And, and, you know, uh, we later find out apparently he has half the dragons in the, in the realm. That's what uh, he House, says. House Valerian. I don't know about that math, but he's got the biggest fleet and half the dragons. And I think you're supposed to just feel This massive inferiority complex that 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 will feed into his conversation with Lord Strong later on. Um, And he's just uh, his you know, it's it's probably been years since they've seen each other. Mm -hmm. I like uh, Rainus going up to and holding his hands and feeling like one of the gloves is half empty and surmising that he's not well. And him finding out about probably his brother's done something stupid like they do such a good job. They've just this is all subtext, you know? Yeah. No, totally. Um, and there's some big asks here. I talked
1: about the names. Uh, Corliss wants his, his kids to have the name Valerian when they take the throne. Uh, Viserys says, nah, but they can have it temporarily when they're born.
0: And um, this isn't just ego for him, because he sincerely believes that a Targaryen must sit the throne to save the world. Sure. Corliss yeah. is just out for his own glory, but like, even if he was inclined to be that you know self-effacing he literally is like i yeah i can't i can't do it buddy it'll it'll doom the realm but he can't say that
1: right and i think that's an interesting you know contrast between them you talked about the the contrast of like viserys being kind of a do-nothing king sitting on the throne uh Mm -hmm. pondering his legacy at the end and going did i do anything no yeah um and then corliss who's out there you know conquering the world on boats uh here here it's the other way around, right? Like Corliss is so worried about his own uh, stature and his own place in the world. And, and that idea that he's going to be a world conqueror and that his kids will inherit that, that, and he doesn't know that it's what he's doing here, but Viserys is worried about the opposite, right? He wants to keep peace in the realm. He wants to make sure that the, the kingdoms aren't destroyed by whatever's coming in this prophecy. I think there's a lot of duality here between the two guys. Um, That's interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%.
1: Another thing I was wondering about in this scene is you make the point that they haven't seen each other in a few years. There's still, obviously, Corliss is holding that sort of grudge that he held about the Stepstones and not being listened to and all this. Um, Does it do anything to smooth that over, and does it help seal this deal that Viserys has let Otto go as Hand of the King. Does Corliss see that and go, okay, maybe that's an admittance that I was actually right and he appreciates that fact.
0: I Or was, is there
1: any chance at all that that he turns this down? Because <laughs> I don't think so. I think this no,
0: is like Corliss's uh, wet dream. But Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I was as I was, I was Studying their faces to see if this was some kind of dig. But I honestly think that uh I think Corliss really likes Lord Strong and they were simpatico on the council uh, in a way that, you know, Otto was always the one like trying to dismiss his claims and move the king on to like, oh, feasting attorneys, my lord. Isn't that much more interesting than to talk about the shit and the Stepstones? I, I think that, yeah, um he sees this as a as a as a upgrade and it's it wasn't like yeah. anything more than it's just respect for Lord Strong
1: oh yeah I was meaning like does Corliss see you know Otto's dismissal as an acknowledgement that he was right all along I
0: guess oh does he well I guess yeah it must be an open secret that Otto was the one that that brokered that deal um and he's the one that stood uh, the most to gain by it I, I'm i trying to get maybe, what? what do you mean by he was all right all along Oh, wow, oh, that Otto
1: was, you know, mani- essentially manipulating the king out for his own interests and not concerned about the stepstones because that wasn't what interested him, right? Gotcha. Power okay. was what interested him. And, and yeah. Corliss has been saying the whole time, these stepstones are a problem, king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the king was ignoring him because of Otto's advice. But now that he's dismissed right. him, maybe Corliss thinks, okay, the king has- seen the error of his ways and admitted that I was right all along. So I'm more inclined to go along with this marriage.
0: proposal. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a good take too. And like, I think you could be forgiven to, to believe that maybe Corliss was pursuing his own interest because like, who's hurt the most from the stepstones? you know, uh, being a problem. Well, it's, it's him. He owns the, all the shipping over there. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I think that they, in later episodes, they show, they showed, uh, like in episode three during the hunt. Um, it seemed like that was hurting a lot of the realm. You know, it was yeah, it was yeah. getting to be a bigger like like Corliss is dead on that. This is something that we should have nipped in the bud instead of waited till where it starts affecting more than just me. Yeah.
1: Is is there a stage one of the or step one of the three step Martin reveal here where. Or, or was the was the killing of Rhea step one and this is step two where Raynus specifically mentions that Lady Rhea stood to inherit runestone in this scene? Um, and, and then later of we'll find out that this Damon is all very mildly that.
0: interesting, but we uh, will oh, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. see because I, I, I know I know the answer one way or another about this inheritance thing. And I just I, you know, I, I it wouldn't it wouldn't be sporting to just tell you
1: I, I sure I won't, I won't have to hunt that information.
0: Plus, like it's also one of those details that like I could see them swerving uh, on the show. So because well, like, they've done, like I said, this episode, Damon. they did a lot of that. You know, it's like I, I, I won't say yeah, that they, ha- they, they break canon, but the show is playing a little loose with when things happen and what order things happen. And like, what is the inflection and the exact kind of tenor of the things that happen? So. Hmm. And then the other thing about this scene I really liked is just
1: the set decoration. Um, man. Yeah. Corliss has all these Trinkets. From the places he's been, the battles he's fought, uh, like you said in the instant take, the crab feeder helmet mask—I think that's and, and, what and that's
0: what—that's it. it, that's that's exactly what it is. That 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 is the, the, his latest trophy from his conquest. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, mounted up here. You've got uh, much like Viserys has a model of some castle. I'm still not sure which one it is.
0: I thought that was cool too. That they're like modeling bros. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, was that like the architectural design for High Tide? Because it kind of shared that like rough Could plan. We? Was it maybe Driftmark? You know, the actual ancestral seat that he has, just kind of set up in his new digs. The you know sure. the, the show show respect for his forefathers. I. And but it was cool that they both morning
1: reminding <laughs> how dank it was yeah
0: yeah you don't want to lay. it's just look at the look at the standing pools of water right uh yeah no i, I thought that was really cool that shows that you know maybe in another another life that him that him and the uh, series could have been bffs and then over on the other side of the throne
1: and these are just a few of the things but he's got this gigantic nautilus shell which is super cool
0: i and i'm I guess I was leaning towards that being treasure because it's gilded. But on the other hand, they could just give gilded it, you know, like sure. I, it could be like just an enormous. And I, I thought like, you know, if a what's a huge Nautilus, like a Nautilus that size, you could call a Kraken easy. And like, <laughs> is that so is that like what's right. left and, and they just gilded it? Or was that like just this massive thing that they steal this from the Sea Lord of Bravos or something like, I, I yeah, it was it's, it's a cool piece of this cool. It's something cool to speculate about.
1: Yeah. I continue to love his interior decorating style. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to Rhaenyra and Laenor, um Walking on the beach, coming to an agreement to marry, but to continue as they put it, dining as they see fit, which means essentially taking other lovers. Because Laenor's taste, uh, I, I can't remember if he's for the goose or the duck, but. Whatever it is, it's not uh, her taste.
0: Yeah, I think this is a deliberate homage to the classic scene in Spartacus between Lawrence Olivier and Tony Curtis, where uh, Olivier is playing the master of Tony Curtis, who's playing a a Roman slave. And he's trying to feel him out about uh, because it turns out he's bisexual and he's trying to ask him about, like, you know, do you honor the gods? Do you lie? And, like, you know, you do that because, like, there's a moral conviction, right? It's like, well, do you eat oysters? Oh, you want can find a master? Do you eat snails? I don't like snails. Is is one a moral choice or another? No, I suppose not. It's just a matter of taste, right? Well, I, I like snails and oysters. And um, it's a very circumspect way because I, I think what's interesting is that it it's, it, it, it gives Lenor the room to be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> sure. You know, like he could, but like also it's tactful, if, yeah, but, but also if, if he, you know, if, if, cause like, again, in, in the books, this is kind of like not quite an open secret, but wide speculation that like, huh, this guy doesn't seem to take any interest in women. He always surrounds himself with comely young men. Uh, God, I hate that word, comely.
1: I know. I try. Isn't this the grossest?
0: It. It's like ah. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, says it in
1: this episode. I he think. does. It's, he ugh. does
0: about Rhaenyra how she's gotten more comely of of late. But yeah. um, they they say that, and I, it's like it it gives him the room. First of all, maybe Rhaenyra is wrong because it's 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 mm-hmm. it's if it's an open secret, it's still a secret. Maybe Laenor, uh doesn't want to come out that way, or maybe he's bisexual instead. So I thought this was a pretty tactful way. Uh, for the this young woman to handle the situation and you know try to get get what she wants out of this deal. And, and Lenore like
1: she she uses this to not place blame too. Right? This analogy is is very similar to sexuality because you don't know why you like goose over duck. Yeah, it's, it's just, just that's ma- how you feel about it, right? You it's were just going a, matter way, so. it's a, yeah. oysters, a matter of taste. Snail or oyster a matter of taste. She gives him that out too where she's like saying without saying it but she's not trying to shame him for that and I like that.
0: Yeah, and they also show that, like, unlike Sir Christian Cole, who, when he hears this plan, he gets more and more angry. Like, there's this smile that slowly spreads on Lainor's face when he realizes what she's offering him. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of, like... uh I guess hurt. Few, like they start the scene with uh, Lenor and Joffrey here in a minute where they're, he's kind of brooding about it, but it doesn't last very long. Cause even, you know, maybe, maybe he was only brooding because he thought Joffrey would be pissed. But when Joffrey's like, you know, this kind of best case scenario, bro. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. What did you think was going to happen here?
0: Yeah. Like we can like, sneak around for the rest Mary, of do. our lives, but like, yeah, we can live at court and I can be your sworn protector and nobody mm-hmm. will bat an eye about me staying in your quarters all night long. And yeah, again, it's like, I, like, I'm not I, I hope I don't come across as being like, it's OK to be in the closet if you've got like, you know, this this little in, you know, if you're like uh, a Liberace and you just keep adopting young men as your sons. Like, I don't think that's ideal. But in this particular situation, in this sure. particular society, this is as close to a good deal as these men are probably going to get.
1: I also would not shame people for being in the closet either because it's everybody's choice as to what they want to do. Uh, Yeah, man,
0: you got to protect yourself. uh, And, 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 uh, and, that's how you you feel
1: comfortable. Just do that. But like, yeah, I totally, I, I think this is best case scenario for them in this world for sure. Yes. Um, And then we go back to the throne room where Rhaenys and Corlys talk about the deal they just struck with Viserys and or Rhaenyra. And then they disagree about the danger that they might be placing their son in and whether his sexual orientation will be a problem. This is the scene where he says he has half the dragons in the navy, which is pretty freaking powerful.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was on subsequent watches, because in between the, my first and second watch, I uh, um, among other things, I, I read an article that Kim Renfro wrote on The Insider where she went in deep on the different principles and the directors and the cast. And they they're like and I don't know whether this is just them talking and we'll see how this plays out, but they're trying to make a like a civil rights point about why. And how women are not respected in Westeros and why you need it's 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 more than just allies and it's more than just people like on your like like what does it take to make the societal change? And I thought it was really interesting the phrase that Corliss uses here about that he's willing to use or he's he's willing to win this right for her by any means necessary, which when I hear that phrase, I think Balcom X. You know, that mm-hmm. like I, okay. you know, I, we are looking for human dignity and to be treated as humans in society and we will fight, you know, using any I'm par- paraphrasing like yeah. I, I wouldn't have made made that connection otherwise. But like there is this all this talk about this they're trying to say something about gendered politics and dynamics in this world um, and apply it to kind of our day that, that that my ears perked up on it because otherwise I'm like. It feels like Reynus is like, are you sure this isn't for wealth and pride and power? Because we're putting our son in a massive amount of danger, which we'll we'll see that Mm -hmm. play out by the end of this episode. And he's like, no, no, no. This is about justice. This is about you being passed over and about this realms constipation about women and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. um, We'll see how I guess down for the cause he is. Yeah, I, I don't know how much
1: I believe him. In that regard, I mean, when he's haggling over the names of his heirs and he's displaying all these fortunes
0: he's won. I. Right. Yeah. I don't know what kind of guy Valerian is here, but also he's talking crazy with this oh just wait until my son gets a taste of the poon man it's just gonna like change that (laughs) just it's the the unique pleasures of being inside a woman will just just completely fucking rewire you it's gonna be fine and she's like eating a goose well i like duck (laughs) dude come on (laughs) i find duck is very greasy jim Mm -hmm. and i no (laughs) i was like and and Rainus is like shut the fuck up are you you, be serious about it And, and to his credit he stops that shit right pretty pretty right right quick but uh yeah yeah and no, he, the other interesting like
1: wrinkle in this i guess is that Reina is like she doesn't even care about this slight anymore where she was passed over for the throne uh because she's a woman which that's bullshit right i, I think that's
0: that, that's got to be at least a little bullshit um she might have gotten used to the insult or you know used to bearing it but it still stings there's no way it doesn't just the way and, she carries it, up.
1: it it lends a little bit more of a performative quality to what Corliss is saying here, like he's going to write a wrong. Yeah. If the person who was wronged doesn't even care about the wrong anymore. Is it right to go write it? You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's a question that can be asked. Um, but it certainly puts a lot less urgency into the matter. I think.
0: Oh, it reminds me of, uh, the last duel, you know, that was a part, the, yeah, the woman yeah. who supposedly wrongs, like, look, I don't want any more shit to happen. You're stirring and it's the, the men, pot,
1: man. Stop it.
0: It's, it's the men that is like, no, this can't. Ah! And, and, you know, it's like at some right. point. Yeah. Like, who are you out for justice for? Is this uh-huh. are you avenging the honor of your wife? Or is this actually your honor that's been tarnished and your right. by your lights? So I thought that because, again, you know, when when the realm goes to war, it's a lot of women and children suffer suffer uniquely in the most. So. Sure. It seems like they should have a say on, on what what kind of banners get called and what kind of ju- if it's going to be done in their name. Right. You would think so. Yeah. All right, let's go back over
1: to Laenor, where his lover, Joffrey Lonmouth, Uh and I, and I i don't know if I want to call him by his last name, because Joffrey is such a loaded name in this universe. <laughs> I, every time I say Joffrey, I kind of wince, but uh, this guy doesn't seem too bad. Uh, yeah. Joffrey Lonmouth, they talk about his new arrangement with Rhaenyra. Joffrey makes a play to be Laenor's sworn protector and wonders who Renira's paramour might be.
0: Yeah, we pretty much discussed the scene already. The the one fatal thread is that Joff thinks he's going to be clever by finding this out and making sure they have an understanding and it's going to, well, it's going to kill him.
1: Yeah, yeah, by the end of the episode. Uh, Their conversation here, juxtaposed with last scene, uh, really brought into... Uh, clear display here what this episode and what a lot of these episodes and maybe this whole series has been about and is Mm -hmm. going to be about I just noticed like them you know the these lords thrusting their children into these dangerous scenarios where the kids are just completely lost they have they're not prepared for this they have no idea what's going on Um, they don't know how to navigate these waters and then that turning around and hurting the adults too you know like This idea that people's expectations for their children just end up destroying families and society at large.
0: Yeah. And it goes down to our day, you know, like uh, there's a lot, a lot of kids crushed by expectation. Right. No,
1: that's what I mean. It's, it's something that, yeah, is just, it seems like a bad idea all around. It's putting a lot of expectations on your kids, but.
0: Yeah, what do it's I know? more of just like support parent. and nurture what's there and not try to make them feel like you are uniquely brilliant with gifts that only you can provide the world. And if you don't give 110% every day, you're a fucking failure. Yeah, no, that's, that seems like it's uh, psychotic.
1: Yeah, and, and trying to, you know, fulfill your uh, self through their success is also uh, a bad idea, right? Like using them as tools in a power game yeah. you're playing. It's such yeah, a colossally to... bad idea because they are a, not you and B they're just, all these kids are so much more careless than the adults are right. The, the adults have been creating these lives for decades and the kids don't know any better. And they're thrown into these complex situations and end up st- just stepping on landmines um <laughs> like Joffrey here in this episode Steps into a situation he thinks he understands, but it is Mm -hmm. so far outside of what he knows. um, He just, he ends up dead.
0: It's crazy. Well, that's the that's the rub if I put my dad hat on. Um, what always scares me most as a, par- as a parent is seeing uh, my kid make the same mistakes that I do because he is so much like sure. me and it's very gratifying. But also that means he shares a lot of my weaknesses. And I've had, you know, 40 plus years compensating for those weaknesses. And I try to share him mm-hmm. and sometimes. But like at the end of the day, kids are going to do because because you, you, you know all the mistakes you made in the ways that you got hurt. Oh, yeah and you're wanting and you know you, you want them to avoid all that but on the other hand like you are the person that you are because you went down those paths and made those mistakes and you wouldn't mm-hmm. listen to so like it's 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 like and the the other side of the parent is like every once in a while they're going to do something that's going to get them killed or really hurt bad in a way that <laughs> yeah. maybe you weren't you were maybe lucky so like i get the i get the almost desperation of wanting your kids to do better than you but it's uh it just seems a lot like of times a, a monkey errand. pause situation where you, you wish yeah. to avoid and you, you create the very thing that you're trying to avoid.
1: Yeah. And you know, let's say they are somewhat like you and they manage with, through your guidance to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that you fell into. Well, they'll find all new ones to fall into. Right. Right. Um, Cause A, they're not you exactly. And B, they're not living in the same place or time that you did. So there's plenty, plenty of different stuff they can fall into that you just, we're never even uh, challenged with. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else in that scene, or let's go over to
0: the. No, left. let's move on. There's still lots of hot D to talk about. We'll be back right after the break. and who knows that dedicated fan could
1: even be you treat yourself check out support.baldmove.com for more info
0: you've been listening to quite a few bald move podcasts now but you're not in the club oh boy you are missing out Not only are
1: all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad free, but we have lots of other great
0: content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron, where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also off the clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus you get access to our full spoiler filled first run movie reviews of our newly released films. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is reward unto itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move, and get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. And now back to Hot D. All right, we're on the boat
1: back to King's Landing. Kristen asks Rhaenyra to give up the throne and run away with him. She declines, which obviously, um, but it's incredibly hurtful because he broke his oath thinking it meant something, but clearly it does not mean as much to her as it did to him.
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, (laughs) why? It seems like, so Rhaenyra is a little naive in a, in, in an interesting direction because previously she didn't think that this stuff was possible. And Damon opened her eyes. And then when she went to seduce, uh, Kristen Cole, she thought, Oh, maybe everyone is just morally flexible and we can just do this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, like if it's so easy to resolve a love triangle that you just say, so you know what, let's just open the relationship. Let's just make this a polycule. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't work for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, no, fuck you. You need to make a choice. You need to choose this or that. And her thinking that Kristen Cole was morally flexible enough to set aside his vows and have sex with her, whereas he interpreted that as, no, I'm actually going all in. This is me pushing all my moral chips in the ground. And this means something. Yeah. Whereas, And then their confusion because she's he's like, well, why don't you abandon your responsibilities and duties? And she's like, well, because like literally the fate of the world depends on it, mm-hmm. uh, which and, and he she's like, well, why don't you just compromise? You know, like you've already compromised. Why don't you just keep doing it? And he's like, ah, uh, it it's you know, like I said, I it's hard to feel sorry for Sir Kristen Cole because of the, the uniquely brutal thing that he does at the end of this episode. But like mm-hmm. I can I can certainly understand his feeling of hurt and betrayal. Oh, yeah. You know, especially keep in mind the relatively youth and the, the world he's living in uh, does not make what he did. But like I, I understand how this is going like like this, this love and adoration is going to be twisted into disdain and hate.
1: And I feel like maybe if he caught her with this conversation, maybe if they had if they had hooked up earlier when she was still on this, "nah, I'm not getting married trip. Mm-hmm. Um. And he had brought her this proposal. She might have run off with him because this is what she wants, I think. And and it's just maybe she doesn't want it with him. She wants it with Damon. Well,
0: well also, here's see. the other thing. Huh? I think as his sworn protector, he's been with her for years intimately. And he knows probably to a fact that she has not had sex with anybody. Right. I and guess like, so. Yeah. So I think he could be forgiven for thinking that like this was a special to her as he thought it was that, that he perceived yeah, it to yeah. him. Like, oh, my God, she's giving me her maidenhood. This is like, you know, this this like, hey, well, I'm going to we're going to sell the answer, So I'm going to be a sellsword, my lady, and I'll support you and we'll have oranges and cinnamon and all. And it's it's, you know, like I said, it's it's naive in a different direction from her naivety. That's like, oh, well, everybody's totally. going to be as worldly as my as my uncle, because that's what I've got to, as an example versus he's really traditional and conservative in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I think this is one of the
1: best scenes of the episode. Um And I think the dialogue is crisp. It it doesn't it doesn't rely on, you know, like some of the stuff that they do later in the episode with Alicent uh, kind of prying this secret inadvertently out of him Mm -hmm. Uh, that that they they play a little loose with the dialogue there to get that confession here. Everybody is saying what they feel and think, and they're expressing it in ways that make sense for them. And I, I just love it
0: it's also such a domino thing too, because like you wonder if he would have shit the bed on that confession so hard. Had he not had this conversation just moments before, you know, like this hurt and just bearing him kind of like swimming. And like, I thought this, I forget this guy's name. The guy that plays Sir, Sir Crisp, Crispin crisp Uh dialogue by Sir Crisp here, uh, (laughs) that he plays like, you know, his eyes are like shining with tears or brimming with tears. He's a tough guy. He's not going to let him show, but like he is genuinely hurt here. And, uh, I think when Allison hits him with the day, hey, do you know anything about, uh, you know, Rhaenyra Havis? Yeah, I did it. I did. It, it was me. It was me. Like it's he was primed yeah. for that. If there was like a month in between that, maybe he pulls his shit together. But he's already feeling so guilty. And like he threw away. He's like this white cloak was the only thing I had by, to my name. Mm-hmm. And I threw it away. And I thought that. We could uh, it's, it's Fabian Frankel's the, the guy that gives the performance uh, that I that I thought that we that, that if I if I married you and we had this like happy ever after away from the scandal that, that that it would redeem it in some way. And now it's like so like the conclusion is like, well, now he's irredeemable. Yeah. Which if you start feeling that you're irredeemable, that's when really evil shit can happen, man.
1: Yeah, which I love because it's hilarious that in the eyes of, like, the realm, Rhaenyra would be also irredeemable here, right? Like, she's supposed to be this pristine, untouched uh, wife for some lord. And so she's sullied herself that way, but he's also sullied himself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's it's really good. What a great scene. And the other thing I think here is you have to remember the daemon factors into this whole equation. There's a brief moment and you can blink and miss it here. But when he first comes up to her and starts talking to her, her mind starts to wander uh, in the middle of their conversation. And she sort of looks off to the side. He's talking about, you know, the sex they had or whatever. And then he, he says her name and she like snaps out of her daydream. Like she's Uh, been thinking about Damon the entire time while he's been talking hmm, about that. Interesting. Which obviously she was probably thinking about him during it. uh, When it actually happened. So,
0: Cause that's the other thing is like, I didn't get the idea that Rhaenyra want like she was literally going to be her boy toy like this is this like girlish fantasy yeah. of I'll oh, go my white knight my sworn protector and my secret lover in the sheets. But clearly mm-hmm. she's infatuated with Damon too, and if Damon came by and like crooked his finger and she didn't have her obligations to the realm, she'd probably. So it's like it's not even that like Kristen feels like he's got like uh, some kind of special relationship that way too. It's just uh-huh. it's just a real letdown for I think everybody. She's disappointed that he's kind of like this uptight about it mm-hmm. and she can't have all of her cake and eat it too because you know like it reminds me of like what did she want to do i just want to fly away and eat cake all day mm-hmm. that's what she, mr kristen cole <laughs> is a as a as a nice piece of angel food cake and she wants it she wants to have it and eat it too and all he's got is oranges can't make uh, cake out of oranges not even a good lemon cake you got an orange cake no. who the hell eats an orange cake oh no one too cinnamony. All right, let's go over to Allison watching Viserys
1: from the keep as he arrives back at King's Landing and just collapses when he steps off the out and, of
0: the cart. And I love this because this is like the the top like when she sees him collapse, she startles like, "Oh my god, my husband." Yeah. And then she, like she the rest of the episode him to help him, right? But she's on the balcony and like yeah. Well, also, but also, she's like, there's like this also kind of undercurrent of like, because that's what she's like. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of like this guy's appendage. I wipe his sores. I mm-hmm. let him use my body. I take care of his children. I do all this stuff. And now it's like she's going from oh my god, my husband, to like oh my god, my husband. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is the scene where like, you know, with with Kristen Cole, where it's all going to start to change.
1: Yep. So she summons Kristen to her chambers to question him about Ranier's indiscretions with Damon and he mistakes her intentions and accidentally confesses to breaking his oath with Rhaenyra. and Alicent chooses not to punish him.
0: Yeah. Well, for now it seems. Um but be also by the end of the episode but he, he's I think that's the other thing is that he does she doesn't really say i won't geld you and i won't kill you she just dismisses her him from her service so i think that's the other reason he's like gulping like a fish throughout this episode is not only is he in a turmoil about rhaenyra he also has the fact the queen knows his infidelity is hanging over his head and on the the allison side we touched on this in the but like this is her worst case scenario it's like oh my god But we talked about that as like this is like sometimes you have experiences with your friends that or family that recontextualizes like what they're capable of. Like, I didn't think. Yeah. Like she's like maybe thought that Damon could seduce her or maybe she'd have a tryst with a a handsome knight. But the fact that she's like, you know, like like Allison, I think, thinks this is the tip of the, the iceberg. Like, oh, my God. Like, what if everything that mushroom says is true? Yeah, I've gone to bat for her. I got my father dismissed. I am. I'm going to trust this woman with my fucking life, and she can't even trust me with the secret of her maidenhood. Like yeah. You can see the betrayal, and like everything her father says now is coming back ten times louder mm-hmm. and at this uh, this this klaxon level. Uh, and she did. Uh, yeah, just another great scene. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, all this brought on by uh, Larry Strong, which. I, I, I wonder what his play is here. Why is he in here stirring this pot? His his father He's a second a son.
0: He has got a physical deformity, which means he probably can't mm-hmm. distinguish himself in battle. To me to me, I'm actually really excited because this is this is Jamie and Tyrion with maybe even better you know like harwin Possibly. is the jamie uh he's the bronze. Sure. uh you've got uh the, the, you've got laris as the brains like I, this is something that martin likes doing a lot you know pairing physically weak people like uh, this is oberon and prince martel you know oberon's the dashing he's the serpent with the flashing fangs and uh uh damon is the snake in the grass like they they he likes this that of 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 strength and and you know average or dim-witted intelligence hodorn brand uh versus uh yeah yeah versus um you cunning know like this like yeah cunning and, yeah. and physical weakness um, and those have been always historically really fun pairings and this one this one might be like that but like yeah like what else is he going to do like if you're not invited oh, to sure, speak, you listen. What is this?
1: What is this intended to provoke? I mean, it, it seems to me like this could potentially be the first cracks in uh, Lionel Strong's mm. loyalty to the realm. Because, like, I, I can't imagine he's, he's gonna... doing this autonomously. I, I feel like, th- oh, you think he would have Lionel's to be talking to, to, to his father about the the meddling he's doing, right? Because he's not know, the, man. the king. This is this. He's deeply invested in this realm. And if Lionel thinks that Aegon is the best potential heir here, this could be a backdoor way into, you know, getting Rhaenyra uh, ousted as heir, like getting mm. getting into the queen's attention. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to just follow the logic. Where does this chain lead? Well, it leads to Rhaenyra and Alicent becoming enemies and yeah. laris knows that
0: but on i also think so on the why? surface because like like this is probably the first time you know Delaris has not been around court very much you know it's the this impression i got uh and that okay. uh, he's offering Allison an ally but he's kind of also fishing for one like boy it'd yeah. really be nice yeah. to have the favor of the queen in my back pocket and that he's a guy who's just like well how can i distinguish myself he's a little finger type sure um but he's, he's a very doing it by I mean
1: sowing dissent among the queen and the heir to be. So I feel like yeah. if that is not a play to get the, the heir ousted as heir then it's foolish. Yeah. But that's just my my opinion, man.
0: Yeah, um a lot of people pointed out the fact that if you take Littlefinger and Varys' name and put them together you get larys. And there's a <laughs> okay. lot of similar like motivations and styles here of accumulation of favors and yeah. secrets and and listening more than you talk and, you know, to what end is. And then that's I guess that's the question is like, is he going to be a various type that's doing it for the realm and for the good of everybody? Is he going to be a little finger type doing it for his own personal interest? Yeah. And how
1: how will Harwin and Lionel figure into his dealings i am because because it looks like brothers have a, a good a relationship right talking or yeah get to know more about them they,
0: they it's do just seem like, like you know, a good relationship yeah they're kind of like talking whispering to each other about what all the the queen's uh, dress means and we've seen them eating mm-hmm. at the table and it seems like they're yeah it seems like they they don't hate that it's it's kind of like jamie and like Tyrion that, that there's not a lot in a lot of enmity here um they but both never recognize... seen them talk with their
1: father i i want to know what that relationship is like
0: yeah that would be good to know
1: yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, I, I feel like we need a new bald move rule. It must be like 16 by now. Bald move rule 16. Always, always make them make you say it when you have a secret. Never volunteer <laughs> information that they have not proven they already know. And yeah. even if they prove it, maybe just deny it anyway. Yeah, you Those of with us strict sort of parents
0: learned that at the age of 12 or 13. <laughs> but yeah, right. apparently if you can grow up and be a Kingsguard and, and not know how to you know, uh, yeah, what do you got? What do you got? I want right. my lawyer. Implications nothing. I want my lawyer. Nothing. Mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, Damon's the expert at that, right? Like, he shows you, he shows you how it's done. Like, even it's turn around to the yes. accusation. Are you <laughs> confessing to something? My queen, do you have a guilty conscience? <laughs> or just don't say anything. Just stone face yeah. through the entire
1: conversation. Let yeah. them hang themselves with their own doubt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Low shaggy 16. defense. It just wasn't me. No matter what. It just wasn't me.
1: <laughs> yep. All right. Um, let's go over to Viserys. He's feeling terrible, so the Maester readies the leeches. As he does, uh, Viserys then asks Lionel Strong what his legacy will be. Turns out, not much, but that might not be such a bad thing.
0: Yeah, I thought this was another great scene. I really like Paddy's portrayal of Viserys as this man. And this is man, this is such a great well-constructed episode Cause everything adds to it. Like his walk of insecurity through Corliss's house that like he built from nothing. It, mm-hmm. literally like he's the only, like he mentioned this. I'm the only, I'm the only one that's made my own goddamn castle of all the great Lords of Westeros right now living. Yeah. Uh And he's, and, and and he's walking through that and now he's been laid low and he's confessing to, I, I like how he calls him Lionel. Like, you know, it's very, like he really trusts Lord mm-hmm. strong here in a way that he didn't trust uh uh auto and you know he asked him for his honest appraisal and of course you know lord strong's you know he's not going to be like oh yeah you're you'd be Aegon reborn or anything he's just like you know a lot of people in your situation would count their fortune you know you haven't been tested times have been yeah. good but also i i kind of I kind of relate to that, to like, man, I, you know, you, you you kind of do want to be tested. You want to see what you're capable of. And if you sure. are never able to do that and, you know, now you see the better parts of your life are behind you, like that's got to eat at you. And it's it is it's eating at him as much as the disease is. Yeah.
1: I, I is this leal? Is it leal to not even give your dying king platitudes
0: when he asks about his legacy? Hmm. I think so. I think that that's like what Otto said about the the hands like obligation to tell the truth uh, and keep it 100 is true. Um, And I think Larry, I think uh, I think Lionel's doing that a lot better than Otto did.
1: Yeah, he needed to be advising Viserys all along. And I feel like Viserys might feel better about his own legacy had that been true.
0: Do you think that uh, Grandmaster Melis here is sandbagging the king? This is this is something that came up on the instant talk portion of our podcast. People ask, like, do you think the younger maester, you know, he's just wanting to leech, leech, leech? Uh, uh-huh. The king gets sicker and sicker and sicker. Lot, also, I, I think I I I came across a uh, way much more convinced than on my first watch that this it's, it's you're not supposed to understand that his whole hand is rotting away. I think you're supposed to understand that his whole arm is caked with some kind of yeah. herbal poultice, poultice mixture. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's better. yeah, because like when you first see it, one. it's like holy shit, this thing looks like it's about to fall off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks bad, grayscale times ten. Uh it, no, the the younger maester here says like I have a different uh, herbal poultice pull that I'd like to try. So mm-hmm. it's clear they are trying one currently, but it's just not doing much. Um, yeah, I I think it's just laced with weed, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna really help, but you'll feel better about it. And then he won't have to drink the sleeping potion. Yeah. It, True. It, it'd be good. Uh, all right. The royal wedding celebration begins with a feast. I am going to split this up into two sections here.
0: Before um, you go on, though, we skip. There's a brief scene where the the uh, Valerians are coming to court across the, narrow, across the Blackwater Bay. Oh, yeah. And I, I said, like, I because I thought this was Lenor and Lena. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I don't know what the fuck this red dragon is. I don't know why I didn't I I think it's because I just don't see color, Jim. I especially don't see the color when the white woman's face is about 5 pixels on my television screen. But <laughs> okay. this was a Lainor and Rainus. Rainus's dragon wow. is known as the Red Queen, Melis. Oh. Uh and it's yeah, it's, it's this brilliantly scarlet dragon with the uh, pink wing wing membranes. And uh, it's it's a she's she's supposed to be very fast and swift, one of the swifter dragons. Uh, Yeah, and clearly larger than Sea Smoke too, about twice the size of Sea Smoke.
1: Yeah, no, it's badass. Um, I I'm really getting the vibe uh, between Rainus and Coralis. They both seem like kick ass, take no prisoners kind of people. Uh mm-hmm. they f- they feel like a great match to me.
0: Yeah, they're very much a Han Solo Princess Leia combo. Yeah. One, really one two that. punch of just fucking red-belted top-tier power couple. Yep.
1: Pretty awesome. Uh yeah, so we go to the the royal wedding celebration, uh beginning with a feast. The lords each make a more audacious entrance than the last, uh including Damon, and then Allison tops them all by interrupting the
0: king's speech with her entrance. And I'll stop there, maybe we can talk about this. Uh, How about Rhaenyra's hair? I don't usually comment on this stuff, but like I could not get over the braiding and the jeweledness of it all. Like it is mm -hmm. exquisite. I didn't notice. Yeah. It's carved out of platinum set on her head. Nice. Is it
1: possible? I'm going to go with a crazy theory here that this is all a dream happening in the king's head as he passes out because his (laughs) eyes close and we smash cut to this and the shit that happens in this last scene is so insane I feel like it has to be a dream
0: also, that chandelier that's made out of like all these wild fowls is like floating in the middle. It looks like, uh, yeah, every once in a while, uh, these kids will read the Bible and come across a biblically accurate description of an angel. And I feel like that's what it looks like. It's like, this is like <laughs> this fucking thing to just sprout in wings and eyes. And it might have wheels and oh. then wheels. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I. It, it it did look like something out of a Lars von Trier movie, uh, just <laughs> okay. hovering over the whole proceedings. They're very ominous and 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 weird. But you could talk me into this all being a dream. I think it would lead to outrage amongst the fan base. But that's fun. 100%. That's sometimes fun too.
1: Yeah, I'm kidding, obviously. But the the yeah. game of entrances they're playing here, I love it. It's it's the, the way it escalates, right? It's like yeah, first you get the the high towers and the Lannisters walking in and. The the announcers like and this is the Lannister guy. His name's Jason, whatever. The you got a high tower or yeah. two. Mm-hmm. and then the wedding party arrives. Right, the the v- Valerians, and yeah. they get the, the full announcement. They get the standing ovation, uh-huh. and then Damon walks in right behind him, and you're like, all eyes on him, a hush in the room. Oh my God, he's here! What the hell? Yeah. And that's not even the biggest entrance. Un- unannounced. Allison tops them all by interrupting the king. Everybody is like one-upping each other with their entrances
0: here. It's so good. And like, yeah, you, I wonder how many people in the in the hall got the significance of this. The green that dress? This is the the queen kind of going into battle mode. Yeah, she's going to war with Rhaenyra.
1: I don't know, it'd be it's tough a- without being privy to all the info we have, but...
0: But you just just see, a social faux pas of her yes. walking in late and walking all over her 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 king's wedding speech commencement speech and the way she walks in too. This
1: is a very different Allison. I, I think um, the the person playing Allison here does a great job uh, commanding mm-hmm. that room and showing mm-hmm. the different energy that she has uh, now that she has decided which side she's on here. Yeah indeed it's 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 very just you feel it in the room uh, of course Jason stepping in it again I mean he's always stepping in it he's talking about women never being ready for the battle just a bad joke to begin with but doing it right in front of the, the heir to be who is a woman is ridiculous The only Brianna of Tarth are here to split him in half <laughs> uh-huh. with her bare hands and, and then later <laughs> he rolls his eyes when uh, Lenor kisses Rhaenyra's hand like Oh, oh, he wants to be in this there. position. Ugh. Yes,
0: this exists. He's yeah. yeah, he's he's changing his Lannister gold for green of envy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my, my read on that.
1: Um and and Rhaenyra, it, you know there are two reads being done here, right? I think um there's the read that Joffrey does of Kristen and how that's uh Rhaenyra's paramour. But I think Rhaenyra gets the connection between Lenor and Joffrey as well. She she sees them making eyes. It's conspicuous that they let us know that she notices.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think she's aware of what that
1: what the events of this evening are going to mean to Laenor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I there's a lot of significant glances about around a lot of people in these scenes. Totally. It's kind of fascinating to watch from a, a people a people perspective. Do you want to talk about Everything that happens after the dancing begins um I will say another Mia culpa I thought that the dwarf that they had in the band banging on the drums I said there's no way that could be mushroom but per C- patty considine that is explicitly intended to be mushroom hmm. and it's something that he says was his call which I'm not sure if it's a joke because it's kind of like uh, I-, I got this from Kim Renfro again from her her insider reporting. And she mentioned that uh, I, I, I got, if I'm um, reading this like fire and blood, I was like, I don't know if Patty was, cause he's like, don't tell Ryan Condal or don't don't listen, don't listen, let him insist otherwise. But this was, I read fire and blood and I love mushroom and I wanted him to be in at least one scene. Um, hmm. But now he's been in one scene. I do wonder if they're just gonna keep him in the background as a nod to the fans or if we'll get to see more of his, uh, you know, unique perspective on the proceedings. I would say he didn't look that foolish to me. Yeah, they definitely I love his style.
1: He's got like a Claudio Sanchez kind of look to him. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I dug it too. And he's handy with the he's, he's he's really banging those bongos. But I, I, I think they definitely down like it was, is it, was, it was a tasteful mushroom? If one could say yeah. such a thing exists. Sure.
1: Uh, all right. The dancing begins. And boy, the knives come out. Uh, Gerald Royce accuses Damon of killing his wife, Rhea. Damon flirts with Lena for a bit. And then Rhaenyra provokes him into almost banging her right on the dance floor. And Joffrey Lonmouth makes it clear to Kristen that he knows his secret, which sends Kristen into Kristen into a rage. Kristen murders him in front of everyone, throwing the hall into chaos and then runs off. Oh, and if that weren't enough, also Viserys starts bleeding from his nose, and nobody notices because of the chaos in the hall, right? I feel like that's his saving grace here, is nobody saw him bleeding.
0: Yeah. Bobby B would let this happen in his hall. He would have he would have gotten up and silenced the hall with a hearty cease this nonsense in the name of your king, and everybody would stop because people pay attention when the hammer starts talking. Uh, yeah. Viserys is just helpless he's just literally he just like the Kingsguard is surrounding him he doesn't know what to do he's desperate for Rhaenyra I love uh, Lionel um, get you know letting Harwin off the uh, off the leash and he just uh-huh. like god damn it I watched his scene so many times because he literally parts that crowd like Moses staff does the red Sea. He's grabbing guys by the shoulder, fling them to the side. Anyone gets his <laughs> way. I friend or foe just punch in the face. You're down punch in the face. You're down grabs Rhaenyra. She's protesting the entire time as he bodily carries her off to safety. Uh, yeah. What a fucking Chad, man. I am totally pro Harwin. Uh, Me too. What a, what a beacon of p- positive masculinity loves a blood soaked Rhaenyra carrying in a gutted boar uh, catches Rhaenyra red-handed traipsing about the the King's Landing with her uncle. Does he say anything? Does he betray her confidence? Next time he sees her, does he treat her like she's a skank or a whore? No, he's got a smile. He wants to dance with her. Like I'm, yeah, this fucking pro Harwin podcast right here. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, There's so much to talk
1: about here. I guess we're right in the action already. Um, it, it, the the great thing to me about this whole scene, the, the best point of this entire scene is when they're cutting over to Viserys and he's looking out a, across the heads in the room and he can't really see yeah. much of anything. He sees like glimpses of Damon and Rhaenyra talking and It's clear that something's going on there, and he's concerned mm-hmm. about it. And they do a shot to Viserys where he is just sawing at a lobster with a knife and a fork, <laughs> and paying no attention to what oh, he's it, doing. I he's thought just it was a crab.
0: I had a crab it, feeder sure. joke that he's he's actually feeding on the crab. He's a crab. He's he's the new. he could be feeder. a crab, but
1: his look—he's just like yeah, gazing out across the room. You know, eyes bulging out of his head at what he's seeing with Damon and Rhaenyra. Yeah. <laughs> sawing away at a crab and nobody's paying him any attention I love it that needs to be yeah. a gif
0: that, that's a meme right there for sure I also so let's talk about other things like so Sir Gerald Royce bops up and does this ill-advised you know I want to hold you to justice it's the wrong place wrong time Damon like essentially threatens him. It's like uh, not only are you not going to haul me off to justice, but I'm going to be paying you a visit on my dragon and we're going to talk about my inheritance of the Runestone. Mm-hmm. And I love Lord strong is gulping that wine yeah. like Jesse Pinkman <laughs> at that uh, yep. dinner party that the that, that whites threw on breaking bad. Just like he's just like, oh God, this is mm-hmm. so awkward and comfortable. Who's going to die? Um, I love that. Um, let's talk about Joffrey sidling up to Sir Kristen Cole.
1: Yeah. I, I like steps into something. He a situation he doesn't fully understand.
0: Yeah. And we talked about how, um, you know, that he he probably as a undercover as a covert gay man in Westeros, uh, him and Lainor are probably better than most at picking out. Uh, subtle undercurrents and things happening and gazes and stuff so he's able to like oh i know who's the handsome person and i'm gonna go square it i i still do not did not see any kind of deceit or threat i thought it's more of like we're gonna be bros right and we're gonna you know i i've got you you've got me it's not gonna be any kind of i got no there's not a jealous bone in my body i understand what's up there's no threat here um yeah he he
1: gets like if he said it with a little a little more sinister of a tone, I could see there being an implied threat when he says, you know, secrets. Right. If if this secret stays a secret, all of our secrets stay secrets, or something. It, it's it's it could be like if you Littlefinger could. said this, it's a threat, a hundred percent.
0: If or if a mafia don said, hey, it's a, it's, it's a, uh-huh. this is a nice thing we got going. to Shame if something happened. Like to me. What's the percentage? What's the percentage right. in that?
1: It's more like we both have secrets that, that we can and we'll keep them together. Right. Because we're both invested yeah. in this. Being we're
0: all we're all in quo. this. And yeah. 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 And I want to get in at the beginning saying that um, I also privately thought it was hilarious that he goes, they call me the Knight of kisses, but I don't know why, because literally the book just establishes that this guy is uh Joffrey Lawnman called the Knight of Kisses and they never explain. Usually when someone has a surname like uh-huh. Harwin Breakbones, it's because he's so big and strong he breaks people's bones in tournament. Uh Larry Strong, the Clubfoot. He's got a fucking Clubfoot. Martin has no interest in explain like the bronze bitch, well she's a woman and she's bronze. And she's got bronze armor. The Knight of Kisses is just like who the fuck knows? And he dies a page page later. Um <laughs> Yeah. So which we'll which we'll talk about. Um I will say I did not think it was as uh
1: big of a leap here on Second Watch, uh for them to to just immediately suss out that Kristen was uh hot for Rhaenyra. Yeah. Because it, if you look at, you know, the previous scene where Rhaenyra and Lenor were talking, she revealed that she also has uh other tastes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they already knew that she had some kind of paramour. He yeah, yeah, basically yeah. says it. Who is it? Right. And so all they have to do is look across the room and see who's looking at Rhaenyra the most. And they yeah. can just assume. So it's, it's not like that finely tuned uh, secret sussing machine that I thought it was. It's more just like, we know there's something going on. Let's just see who it is.
0: Also, there's the opposite where, like, when Lainor and Rhaenyra were dancing, he's literally the only one not watching them. He's, like, staring up at the ceiling because it's, like, literally Ah, pink. So there's, like, both, like, he's stealing glances at her. And then when she's, like, dancing with her new husband in the sham marriage, he's deliberately uh, looking away. Well, why didn't they suspect Jason Lannister when he rolls his eyes
1: at the kiss, (laughs) the hand kiss?
0: Uh, Because he's too stupid
1: to (laughs) be considered for a a paramour. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break.
0: And now, back to hot D. Um, Okay, let's talk about... Let's talk about... um, Lena. Making making a pitch to Damon. All
1: right.
0: Yeah, uh, that is like, an, and you know, we talked about this in Insta Take. You know, he's doing the, like, I'm a bad boy. You sure you want to, you know, roll with me? Because I'm just going to hurt you. And she's like, Yeah, well, I, 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 I kind of, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, Look, dude, I was going to be sold off when I was twelve. To true your to the Sea Lord of Bravos. Yeah. Uh, not, come
1: on. i I'm which, no, what do I'm you no think? Stranger to that.
0: Yeah. Do, what do you think happened to that? Do you think that uh, Corlys gets this better offer and now that's off the table or? I don't know. That's a really good question. Because um, I feel I like. I wondered that
1: myself. Damon might be vying for her attention as well, you know? Yeah. And not not because he's into Elena or anything, just because he wants to kind of stick it to Viserys and also be close to the throne and like close to Rhaenyra in a weird way. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I see a lot of potential for Viserya. Sorry, for Damon and Lena to to get together somehow.
0: Uh, so then, uh, as my man Harwin gets to, he finally dance with the princess. Damon rudely cuts in and starts talking shit about Lainor. And Rhaenyra is not having it. She's like, ah, I've heard this is just a political arrangement. And if you don't like it, do something about it. You're its badass top five warrior of the yeah. seven kingdoms. You're you probably got a Valerian steel something on you. Why don't you just slaughter all the bodyguards and carry me off to Dragonstone and make me your fucking wife, big shot. Mm-hmm. And then Damon grabs her. Like by the hair and pulls her like face. like I and I thought he's gonna roughly kiss her or something mm-hmm. and you can see Viserys like leaning forward like yeah the lobster's getting <laughs> sawed even faster and then the crowd just kind of like you know the, like like people dance in front of him and so you well hear shot. the scream oh my god yeah, yeah I because
1: they've been planting seeds of this throughout the entire scene right this could be Royce attacking Damon uh d- this could be. Jason attacking Lanor. this could be 15 different
0: people in this room could want to attack somebody and you don't know who it is. And just the technical uh, art side of this, of like the amount of extras, the low level of mm-hmm. lighting that's still like, this is a very dark scene, but not like, you know uh battle scene in season eight of game of thrones dark like you it's 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 dimly lit but yeah. you can see everything it's like, like all sol scene right uh, the amount of like direction and resetting you have to do and everything the continuity of all the different dancers and and like it's it just must mm-hmm. have been such a fucking challenge it probably spent oh it probably took a week if not longer to film these like eight minutes um yeah. It's just amazing. And there's like all and the editing, the editing is is masterful, too, because like every shot oh, is yeah. just as long as it needs to be. And you're confused and wanting more, but not in like a shitty kind of like, well, they're just fucking with me kind of way. Um, it felt right. like it I keeps was
1: you up, up on what is actually happening on the floor, but in a way that's still kind of chaotic that you feel like you're in the room with them.
0: Yeah, I felt like exactly. I felt like I was in the royal court. Like, what the hell's happening? And my is like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, is Damon kissing? Oh my god, is Sir Crispin Cole punching somebody?" He he just punched the groom to be That's that's insane. Dude. Okay. Um so yes. Maybe we should wait to talk about this later, but like Indeed, you have this mad dash. You've got the king's guard surrounding the king. You got uh someone knocks Ray to the ground. She looks legit terrified now. Where the fuck is Damon in this? He was right by her side. Mm-hmm. Uh Laenor tries to intervene because he sees, I think at this point you can see that uh um Kristen Cole's the one giving Joff the business. Joffrey dri- grabs a dagger, tries to stab Kristen Cole. He bats it away because he's a badass in full plate armor. Um and Laner gets punched by Sir Christian Cole full in the face. The king yeah. consort. Mm-hmm. Um, Harwin does his his thing where he carries off the princess. Um, and then Cole just beats this guy's face to a pulp. It's one of the most yeah. gnarly. I mean, there's been a lot of gnarly things, but I'll put this up with uh, the mountain putting his thumbs through Oberyn's eyes. Uh, that mm-hmm. It was nasty what he did to this guy's head. It's yeah, just this a guy is 100 dead. Uh, yeah, no,
1: no question about it. I, I feel like we had questions, you know, in that first tournament um, when people were getting punched and then hit over and over again in the head. This is unambiguous.
0: Yeah. Um. So I guess we should, because because my question is, so in the books, this happens, but it happens in the context of this seven day tournament. Where Sir Kristen Cole, who um, you know, like every like uh, the, the way it happens in the book is, um, Rhaenyra gives I think Harwin Breakbones her favor in the tournament, and then Lannor as a you know kind of almost like as a jape, as a careless jape, gives it to Joffrey, and they're they're, they're having they're like swinging power couple good time, oh and then uh, Sir Kristen Cole gets Alicent's favor. And then he described that he rains blow after blow on Joffrey's helm until it splits. And he Mm -hmm. goes into, like, I think a a nine day coma where he eventually succumbs. That is a lot more deniable than losing your cool and beating the the king consort's best friend to death in the middle of the hall with everyone looking on completely Uh unprovoked. And it makes me wonder. How the fuck the political situation of that is a lot different than than it happens in the book. How the, the I guess does does Sir Kristen Cole walk away from this? What is the pretext? Do you have any thoughts I, on that? My only
1: real thought on this is that he has the queen as a shield at this moment. She, She's his sworn resource. protector. Yeah. Yeah. now she is. I, both from himself and then people who would punish him for this. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be his saving grace.
0: And she's sharp enough to like, I think she's in full ally acquisition mode. Not only yes. was that confession shocking to her, but also she's like, you know what? I'm not going to let this guy off the hook. I'm not going to have him killed. I'm just going to chill and see what happens. And then by the end of this episode, I think I, yeah, like, you know, he is so twisted up and he's ready to kill himself. Although by the Mm -hmm. way, this scene out in the garden is gorgeous of this knight in the white, uh, you know, his bloody gauntlets standing in the moonlight about to kill himself in front of the heart tree. uh, And she stays his hand, man.
1: Yeah. uh, This, this whole thing is insane. I mean, it's keeping with, you know, the, the pattern of game of thrones, (laughs) game of thrones, weddings are worse than like, birthday celebrations in the bible where like right. johnny baptist gets his
0: head cut off and put on a sure. plate yeah nothing good uh, happens at those
1: mm-hmm. no i think a guy gets hung at another one it's yeah it's it's all bad it's why the jehovah's witnesses don't celebrate birthdays it's because they don't like them
0: uh, yeah uh out of, uh, out of nowhere deep ball move lore um uh-huh. i think that um Cause like it's the, the tenor of the book is like Viserys is annoyed that Sir Kristen Cole kind of like classed a Paul in the proceedings, but it's like, yeah, it's a tournament. People die. This is like, this was the kickoff feast of seven days attorneys leading up to the biggest re- wedding the realms ever seen. And now it turns into <laughs> a hasty shotgun wedding in yeah. the carcass of this party. Yes. And oh, as I felt like those kids are crying as they're exchanging the vows. Like Lanor can hardly get through his vows. Rhaenyra's got red you know run you know red rimmed eyes rimmed with tears they're both like mm-hmm. this is they thought yeah, they were going to be masters of the universe and now and she's feeling for herself because yeah. i don't think she wanted this to happen like
1: no and i i don't feel like Kristen uh is an option for her at this point right
0: <laughs> after this yeah like if nothing else lanor would be like uh, no that previous understanding or at least this particular yeah. configuration of it is null right, and right. void You, your guy just <laughs> killed my guy fuck that no uh, way no way uh, I'm with you and then Viserys collapses here at the end and that, that yeah. crown clattering to the floor seems pretty fucking ominous man yeah falls right on
1: the stone um, not the first time he's he's fallen in this episode either I, I don't know man he seems in pretty bad shape Pretty
0: bad shape, yeah. For him. yeah. Yeah, is that true? Do you have a? I'm curious. Do you have a prediction as he's to survive in the next week? uh I can't say anything. I'm, I'm, you got mild. did you did you watch the next week on?
1: Yeah, I shouldn't do that. I really should. I gotta
0: say that this is the one show where I think it's really risky because, uh you know, they. It, it seems like there's been a lot of people. I, I've I've gotten. I've gotten. That's why I've stopped talking about it. Is because I got a lot of emails. People are saying like, man, I. Uh, I, I, wish I hadn't seen some of the things and I don't think we ever talked about it a lot, but a lot of people are kind of like, especially with the time jumps in the previous weeks, it's like, man, I wish, I wish I'd stayed away from, from that stuff. Yeah. I never know quite what
1: to do with those because look, it's officially released material. You know, sure. it's, it's not like, oh, this stuff leaked and we're talking about it. They want you to know this stuff. So I figure, I, but, but the I don't want I think to tell about people it, about it unless they seek it out too. Because yeah, that's, be there's there's
0: like tons of podcasts out there that will tell you that and more. Like again, that's the other thing oh, I've totally. listened as as I've I've gone around and listened to some of our uh, you know our peers is some of them are a little bit more free about hints and indie window and and spoilers or not, and we we try to stay out of that. So like. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you wanna if you wanna get like speculation based on a sixty second trailer for the sh- thing you're gonna watch in I kinda like that's how I've been in the last couple of years. It's like if I know I'm gonna watch something, the last thing I want to see is a trailer. Because right. especially yeah. the Hollywood releases, I feel like they just really ruin movies uh nowadays, with with mm-hmm. rare exceptions. So I'm I'm content to just see what happens next week. I have one more question
1: for you. Something I noticed that I don't know why they did this because they could certainly make it different. Um, so Laris observes like, oh, the queen's wearing green. You know, that means war for the high towers. But then Allison goes up to her aunt and uncle to say hi. And they're both wearing green. And like, are is the whole damn Hightower clan in on this? Because are they all declaring war did she send a raven and say hey we're green we're going to send a message but it was too late for that to happen so like why does the production have them both in green if this is meant to be a statement cuz sometimes I think it's a green different. dress is just a green dress i, I know it's true. not in this situation but the aunt and uncle's green dress and green garb is definitely just green garb
0: i think it's different like that was like kind of uh, there's always portrayed as a faux pas in the old series that like Cersei and her kids dressed much more in like Lannister colors than they did the, you know, you'd be forgiven to even think that they were Baratheons. Right. Totally. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there, it's, it's one thing for the Lord of a house, a great house to wear their battle colors and, you know, just whenever they want to, because like, that's their fucking house, man. He's the guy who would call the banners. It's another thing for the queen to show up late and give every because all oh, the other thing is she stepdaughtered Rhaenyra. I don't think she's ever done that where she's like, I'm very happy for you, stepdaughter. This is such an excellent match. Hmm. You know, like that's the first yeah. time she's pulled that shit. Like, you know, sure. like a little she's little broing or sonning her. Yeah. She's um, not a friend anymore. Right. She's
1: her stepmother.
0: Yeah, so it's the, it's, the, it's the whole package. It's like if she just wore in mm-hmm. a green, if she was at the king's side wearing a green dress and keeping a civil tongue to Rhaenyra, I don't think anyone says anything. But her coming in late, making a spectacle of herself, and gotcha. firing you know the the stink eye left, right, and center everywhere. Uh, she she took a couple pages from Galadriel's book from the Rings of Power with that megawatt stink eye she's got. I think that's the, it's the totality of the circumstances. So then why? Why make a deal at all of her? Why
1: show her going up to her aunt Knuckle and uncle and saying hi to them? Who cares, right? Like, what's the point of that shot?
0: It's to show that, like, other people besides the two strong boys got the message. They're people that are potentially that her allies. The game now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly
1: what it is. Okay. And maybe they did show up wearing green to make a point you know auto was dismissed as the hand maybe they are declaring war on the crown i don't know yeah but yeah okay that, that makes a certain amount of sense anyway yeah so we haven't really talked too deeply about like what potential consequences uh you know Kristen could face i i think like he's not likely to face a ton because he has the queen as the shield but like
0: but how does is, she shield him the,
1: By fiat, by just saying,
0: so I noticed that, like, one thing the recurring thing this episode is Viserys calling for his wife because he's used to her being her comfort and her soft hand, and she's nowhere to be found. I wonder if she'll use some of her queenly powers to be like, Look, if you want my will of complicitness in this, all this bullshit, then you're gonna have to let me have Sir Kristen Cole Mm -hmm. point blank, period. But, like, I honestly don't know how they square this political calculus because he assaulted the king regent, he endangered the heir, he on from the realm's point of view unprovoked started this this whole fracas that ended up killing the the best friend and sworn shield of the said king regent. Like I get it, that Allison has a lot of soft power, um, but yeah, how the fuck does, like, Larry Strong, or not Larry, how the fuck does Lionel Strong let this happen? <laughs> right. You know, how, what is the rest of the small council? It's like, well, yeah, okay. Um, and like I said, maybe Viserys, I just, yeah, it seems, i I wonder I, if this is the play where, like, Viserys finally starts having to take Alicent serious.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, it could be. But I, it does, I it seems if- like,
0: yeah, it, it seems like a hard, hard, hard corner
1: to turn. There's a point you mentioned where, uh, Joffrey pulls a knife and tries to stab uh, Kristen, who, who's mm-hmm. on top of him, just beating him mercilessly. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's clearly self defense, but I wonder if that's going to be twisted and somehow like Kristen will he say, had a knife, he pulled he a came. knife, he was going after someone. So oh, I there is him. a
0: way that they could use Lainor's. Rumored gayness of like, oh, he had. This is his he jealous lover, Rania, and yeah. he couldn't stand. You know that uh, he was going to be taken by this this beautiful young teenage girl, and he had a he had he had uh he went gay crazy and tried to oh, stab. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see the realm buying but that. Will line Kristen of go along with
1: that? I know he's already broken his oath, but God, just telling an outright fabrication like that
0: doesn't seem. Yeah, is he like the Anakin character? Skywalker type, where it's like. You know, in, in in the Revenge of the Sith, where he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? I am now yours to command It Like, you know, uh-huh. it's like he. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you murder a couple of sand people and then you kill a couple of younglings and then you're just irredeemably evil. Like, is he just so more maybe he's kind of like the Hound where he has had this this he, he believed in all this knightly bullshit. And yep. saw how utterly bankrupt it all is at the highest levels and it's just it's going to make him go dark. Yeah. Fully jaded in, in the span of
1: one episode. Darth Crispin is born. What a fall for Sir Crisp Sir Crisp. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens next
0: episode. That's Indeed. Same. That's it. Is that gonna do it for us? Yeah. All right. That's our thoughts. What are yours? Hot D at Baldmove.com is how you get a chance to get read out and uh, find out our thoughts and your thoughts on the follow up feedback podcast will be out sometime Thursday. Again, hot D at Baldmove.com is how you get us that stuff. And uh, we also the best way to follow us is on Twitter, twitter.com slash bald move. If you would like to get ad free feeds and be able to participate on our live after show. Uh, each Sunday night immediately after the episode airs. Make sure you check out support.baldmove.com to get that and many other features and help keep us pumping out the podcasts. Uh, we'll see you Thursday for the feedback. One last time, hot d at baldmove.com. Uh, until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.